I, I trust that this is a mentally tough team. We've got mentally tough people in our building. Uh, this is a real opportunity to be what we say we are. And, and that's we're just going to go to work. We're going to stay together. We're not going to let the outside in influences, uh, you know, create a divide with us. And, and that's something that I trust we will do. And, and we're going to work as hard as possible just to continue to be solution-oriented. And that's all I know how to do. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's just one of those days where you don't want to wake up. Everything is everybody sucks. You don't really know why, but you want to justify ripping someone's head off. No human contact. And if you interact, your life is on contract. Your best bet is to stay away, motherfucker. It's just one of those days. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Monday edition of Lockdown Rams. That's right. Regular, old, boring Monday. I'm starting to really hate these Mondays. We opened up the show with Sean McVay talking after the loss. He had a couple things that kind of made me feel better, but a couple things that just kind of riled me up. But he talked about trusting this team to be mentally tough, that they're going to bounce back to be what we say we are. He went on to talk a lot about solution-oriented ways to fix this. He's not here to talk about the problems. He's not here to hear about the media and what we think is going on with this football team. And it's an in-house problem that they need to fix with solution-oriented plans. Yeah, well, that sounds great and all, but what we're going to do here today is we're going to break down that 20-7 to loss at the Coliseum versus the 49ers. It was ugly. It was ugly. Lots of things to talk about. Offensive line, Jared Goff, play calling, the atmosphere in the Coliseum. A lot was off on Sunday. We're going to cover it all here on Lockdown Rams. Don't forget to go hit the follow, the hit the subscribe button, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya. You know where to find us, any and all streaming apps. If we're not there, hit us up. Let me know. You can find me at LA underscore Rambling Bears, my personal Lockdown Rams, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, And actually, we had some messages come through from our Facebook group. So we're going to go over some of those in the third segment. We're going to hear from you guys what your big concern is, what your instant reaction from this game was. Not a lot of positive stuff, but I don't blame us. We looked bad. So with that, let's get into it. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and this is your lead story. The 49ers walked away with a win on Sunday at the Coliseum 20-7 in a dominating performance. The Rams offense, who averaged 421 yards per game coming into this matchup, was held to just 165. That included Jared Goff going 13 of 24 for 78 yards. No, that is not an error. A 78-yard day for Jared Goff. He was sacked four times. He had a QBR of, yes, 1.1. Malcolm Brown led the way with 11 carries, 40 yards. Most of that came in on the opening drive. The Rams went right down the field. Run, 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 run. We did not see a pass in that opening drive, and they converted for a touchdown. It was actually Robert Wood's first touchdown of the season. The rookie Daryl Henderson saw his most action in the NFL. He had six carries, 39 yards. Look impressive at times. He had a big 22-yard run, but he had a big fumble to open the second half that we will get into that was a big, big turning point in this game. Jared Goff didn't throw any interceptions, but he did fumble the ball twice, lost it once. 
I'd highlight a few more players on the offense, but there really isn't anybody to talk about. Tyler Higby and Brandon Cooks led the way as far as receiving three catches apiece for those guys, 25 yards for Higby, 18 yards for Brandon Cook, and a lot of that came in in the fourth quarter in garbage time when this thing was basically over. The Rams went a combined 0 for 13 on third and fourth downs. Since 2001, only the 2010 Bears had gone more third and fourth down plays in a game without a conversion. This is the Rams' first time going 0 or 9 or more on third downs since 2008 as a team. When you can't pick up a third down and you can't pick up a fourth down and the offense is going nowhere on first and second down, it is tough to win a ball game. The Rams defense did everything they could to keep us in this. Corey Littleton had 14 tackles, nine solo. Troy Reader had 11. Eric Weddle had 10. John Johnson had nine. He left the game with a shoulder later in the game. Aaron Donald, seven tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss. Marcus Peters had our lone interception that was actually in the end zone. So really looking at this thing and it was thrown right to him. Uh, this thing could have gotten a lot more ugly, but this defense held us in this for a while. San Francisco 49ers were averaging 200 yards on the ground. They only got 99 yards on the ground. They did add two touchdowns. One of those was a Garoppolo quarterback sneak. Garoppolo himself, 24 of 33, that one interception, no touchdowns. Again, this wasn't a pretty game either side of the way. And really, if the Rams just halfway performed in this game, they would have been in it. It was a 7-7 ball game at the half. As we mentioned, the third and fourth down conversion rates. The Rams were 0-3 on fourth down. One of those included a goal line stand where they ran the ball three straight times. Basically the exact same play. And it got nowhere. Looking at the big picture here in our division. The Seahawks won on the road in Cleveland in a tough one. Thanks for nothing, Baker. The Arizona Cardinals won at home. The Rams are in third place and only half a game ahead of the Arizona Cardinals. But as we talk about stepping back and looking at the big picture, there's a lot of key pieces from our Super Bowl run on this team. We've got some veteran guys. We've got a great coaching staff. Yes, we're going to talk about some of their play calls throughout the show and how we may not agree with a lot of them. But you heard the opening clip. He's going to bring the boys back together, and he trusts that they are a mentally tough group that's going to shake this off Hit a mute button to all the noise from the outside and find a way to get this back on track. Our next two games at Atlanta versus the Falcons, who, as I mentioned earlier, lost to Arizona earlier today. And then we go to London to face the struggling Cincinnati Bengals. It's not looking pretty right now, but if we win those two games, we can go into the bye week at 5-3, and three, regroup, come out, and hit the ground running. The Rams have to look at making some changes. This offensive line, which we will spend some time on in the second segment, was absolutely horrible this game. Yes, not all of it goes on them. There were some times where Jared Goff had time back there. He threw a couple balls in the dirt at people's feet. He threw and missed a wide open Gerald Everett near the end of the game. He's got to make those throws. He's getting the big contract, but you can't give your quarterback $110 million guaranteed and then expect for this line to go out there and protect him. Joseph Noteboom went down with an ankle injury, did not return to the game. That brought in Demby to replace him. Multiple penalties on this group. Sloppy play on both sides of the ball at times during this game. There's not a lot to circle here. It's going to be tough to give a game ball out later. Plenty of play action balls, but we will get to all of that today. These Rams got me so stressed out. I had to crack into my Buchanan scotch and really just get that going. I tried to jingle it, but the ice cube's already melting away. Just like my heart for these Rams. 
throw a healthy pour over an ice cube, sit down, relax, take some notes, come sit down. I watched the Chargers game. It was nice to see another stadium pack full of away fans, so I didn't feel like I was the only one. You always think the grass is greener on the other side, then you watch a Chargers game, so you feel a little bit better. What we're going to do is step aside, take a break, get a couple words. We'll be back on the other side. We're going to talk a little bit more about this struggling offensive line. We're going to go a little bit deeper into the stats and figure out what the heck is going on with Jared Goff. Is it Jared Goff? Is it the line? Is it both? Can our defense play any better to help us out? All that will be answered later on this episode. Then we're going to hear from you guys, the listener from our Facebook group. We're going to kind of dive into that. Before we do... I'm sitting here in my studio sweating over this game still, but if you need a nice sweat, head to Peloton. They are offering a limited time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com. Use the promo code LOCKED to get started. Now here's some angry Limp Biscuit to make me feel better. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Second segment, Locked On Rams Monday. Man, we got to get back to those Victory Mondays. I don't think James Kroger wants to come back until we get a Victory Monday. I tried to hit him up to get down. Uh, He had some things going on tonight. Maybe if we get a victory, he'll come on. Two Debbie Downers on the mic. I don't know if that's what he was trying to finish his Sunday with. But here I am sitting in the studio. It's about 9.30 p.m. I had to let this thing sink in. I had to think about it. I had to get the emotions out. Like I said, I watched the Chargers. It made me feel a little bit better. But when I go back and look at the tape tomorrow, I know these emotions are just going to come rushing back as you watch this first drive and this excitement going, man, we are running the football and we are running it well. And I'm thinking, man, Malcolm Brown is out here doing things. He's going to have 100 yards rushing today. The Rams crossed over into 100 rushing yards, I believe, in the first half. They were running the ball really well. But we couldn't get a passing game going. We couldn't get protection on Jared Goff. We kept getting penalties to back us up. The inconsistencies of the offense showed their face in that second quarter, late in that first quarter, and really just came out full frontal in the second half. We opened up a second half, first play, pitch to Daryl Henderson, fumble. We were excited about him. We finally started to see him involved more in the action. When the Rams came back on the field, they gave him the rock again. They were not afraid to go back to the rookie to say, hey, look, we all make mistakes, but it was something early in that second half. You know, we get the ball back. I think it was J.B. Long tweeted something uh, before this game talking about how great we were on the opening possession on defense, limiting points right away, and then how great we were coming out of the half, that we were a, like a plus 30 so far in this season coming out of the half, and you thought, hey, We finished the half pretty strong. They came down, tried to get a field goal. Didn't happen. We get the ball to open the second half. First play. Bounces off his hands, off the chest, off the face mask, right into the ground. Niners recover. They're right inside the 20-yard line right there. And things just went downhill from there. I think I saw a tweet from the Rams brothers. Shout out the Rams brothers. I'm going to try to get with them here soon. Do a podcast, whether it's on there or on here. But they tweeted out, after that Henderson football, we had seven plays for minus 19 yards over the next three series to start that half. Ugh. I saw another tweet later from No Plan B. Bate said, If my math's correct, the Rams have gained zero yards in the second half with four minutes and 29 left to play. Zero. 
It's tough to win a ball game if you can't move the football. The Rams defense gave it a valiant effort. They had that fumble that they caused late in the game in that fourth quarter when we needed a big play. Littleton even pitched the ball to Nikel Roby Coleman. I lost my mind for half a second when he did it, but then I was super excited. He ran it all the way inside the 20-yard line. They reviewed it. Nikel Roby Coleman stepped out of bounds back at like the 30. Of course, we couldn't do anything with it. Gave the ball right back. This is one of those games where the defense kept getting on the field and it kept putting them in a position like, hey, defense, we need to play right here. And if they did anything, even if it was holding them to a field goal, it was like, well, that was cool, I guess. But it doesn't really mean anything because our offense was doing nothing. One of the first times, and you guys know me, I am an upbeat, positive person. And I'll find a way to spin it later this week and even later this podcast as I try to find a way to look at this 3-3 and Rams team and go, it's not all as bad as we think it is. But during this game, I was losing hope on these guys. When the, when the offense was getting the ball, I was like, well, let's see. Here comes another Jared Goff fumble or a sack or a goofy Goff is what I was calling him today. He was just flopping around and just looked uncomfortable. And I know we're going to go back to it and back to it. And I can't wait to get some pro football focus numbers here as we look at this offensive line. But it was miserable today. He was constantly under pressure, constantly being knocked down. And when he did have time, kind of going back to the last couple weeks, early in that Seattle game, his feet were flopping around. He was nervous. He was thinking, I got to throw the ball. I got to throw the ball now. And you could see him thinking that through as his feet were flying around and he was looking all over the place. He looked uncomfortable. A couple of those balls skipped in at people's feet. We talked earlier in the podcast that deep ball to Gerald Everett. That would have been huge. I think there was like four minutes left or something like that. Gerald Everett was flying down the right side wide open, not even needing a tight window throw. Just lay it up. Let him go get it. An average throw at best would have worked there. McVay in the press conference called it humbling this game. I don't think so, my friend. This was embarrassing. This was poor. This was discouraging. This was awful. I love his attitude towards it. We're fixing the problem. Solution-oriented. McVay word. McVayism. Make you feel good. I like that stuff. I can buy into that stuff. But I need to see some of that stuff into some action. A.K.A. show me, don't tell me. And let's be honest, as we look at this, the Niners are 5-0, the Seahawks are 5-1. Those were our last two games. The Seahawks was a decent game, right? We deserved to win that. We should have won that. We missed it on a kick. The Niners game, they outplayed us. But it's not like we're playing a bunch of slums. Yes, you go back three games, and we got blown out by Tampa Bay at home. We made it a valiant effort. Jared Goff threw 100 million times, and now we're maybe thinking that might be the best plan to do it because running the football and working that route didn't really go We didn't really get to work in our passing game. We still are looking for balance. We're still looking for an identity. But if you step back and look at the last two games, we played two of the best teams in the NFC. Not just the NFC West, in the NFC. The Niners came out and proved that their defense is worthy of being in the mix of a top three type of defense in the NFL. Jared Goff had over 900 yards, 900 football yards, throwing the football in the last two games previous to this. I don't know if you heard me earlier, but he had 48 yards, 48 yards. He had 78, but then he got sacked for minus 30. So 48 total yards. That's what the stat sheet says. That's not a lie. 900 over the past two games drops down to 48. This Snyder's defense was great. They got pressure with just the four guys up front. They didn't need to bring a lot extra. And when they did, it was panic town. Malcolm Brown did so-so picking up blocks, but there were a couple that he missed. We ran the ball 22 times. Eh, we're getting closer to where I like to be. 
But again, there's no consistency in the run. We started out in that first quarter. It was awesome. We kind of drifted away from it. Then we're behind again. And then the end of the game, we start to go to panic mode. We finally went shotgun near the end and started spreading them out a little bit. But it just doesn't look like the Rams offense yet. And the defense, bend but don't break, 20 points, not terrible. You think if you give up 20 points looking across the NFL, a team that averages close to 30 points per game should be able to win a game with that. Created some turnovers. We won the turnover battle. But no, too many penalties. So yeah, we're going to have to sit on this one. And we're going to have to see production to understand that we can get out of it. Because right now, I think our best thing is, all right, let's start calling around. If Note Boom is out for any length of time, we're already in trouble in the O-line. We've got to go get another big O-lineman, whether that's Trent Williams or I don't know who else is out there. I'm going to have to do some research tomorrow and figure out who can we go get. The Rams haven't drafted number one pick since Jared Goff, so let's use it for a proven player. I mean, think back to the year that we got Aaron Donald. We hit on that one, but we also got Greg Robinson in that draft. Do you want to sit here and wait and hold on to a first rounder to try to go and get another O-lineman, or do you want to go get a guy that's proven? Yes, maybe you have to rework some contracts. Maybe you have to figure out the money a little bit, but that's what we paid Les Snead and Kevin Demoff for. Figure it out. Get us some more talent, because right now what we have at the O-line is not working. Sean McVay was asked, basically, if there's no continuity at that O-line, like, what do you do? Here's what Sean McVay had to say about how do you move forward with what you got. Well, I, I mean, I think really it's just figuring it out. Just kind of like what you, what you ask is, all right, let's figure out the best way to maximize guys' skill sets, get that rapport going, and, and that's a very vital part of football. You know, football is the greatest team sport there is, and uh, we're going to continue to do that, continue to try to develop guys, and, and that's really the, that's the only way that we can go and move forward and, and try to be, you know, like I said, solution-oriented. Sounds good. Feels good, but I need to see the proof in the pudding. Show me, don't tell me. They know they have a problem. We've heard the same stuff coming from him before, and I hate breaking down on McVeigh right now, but solution-oriented is the way to go. But what are the solutions? Your offensive line is pretty weak right now. Do you start rolling out Jared Goff a little bit more? You try to run the ball more? We talked about that. Play action? Trade picks? Go get new players? What do you do? The Rams didn't invest enough in the offseason in this offensive line, and people like me were kind of fooled that they did enough. That Nopum and Allen were going to step in and be just like Saffold and Sullivan, and that Blythe was a legit starter in this league. But unless we trade, this is the unit we got. So is running the ball the best? Maybe not. Is letting Jared Goff throw it 50 times and run for his life? Well, we got points out of it. We got 900 yards out of it. Maybe our defense plays a little bit better and Jared just has to play light him up type of football. We don't know the answers yet, but we got all the questions. We're going to come back on the other side with questions from you guys, the listeners that I got from my Facebook group. We're going to answer those. We're going to do a quick section of game balls and play action balls. We're going to wrap up this Monday because you know what? I got to go get some more scotch and feel better. I need to, I need to rest. I need to sleep on this one and come back tomorrow. So we'll step aside. We'll be right back. Monday edition, Lockdown Rams, right after this. Fellas, how we doing in the bedroom? I know, I know. We all think we're killing it. Well, guess what? You might not be. The best way to help yourself out is go to bluechew.com. That's right, like the color blue. This is going to increase your performance and give you that little extra confidence you need in bed. The nice thing is you can take them anytime, day or night, full stomach, empty stomach. It doesn't matter because they are chewable. They work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. But ding 
As we all can tell, the Rams have started these games off slow. I don't know why Sean McVay isn't giving Blue Chew out at the beginning of the game. Instead, it is being delivered at halftime. They have picked up the performance, and you can do the same thing right now. Lockdown Rams is going to hook you up, and you are going to get a special deal just for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free when using the promo code LOCKDOWN. All you do is pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E, Chew.com. Promo code LOCKDOWN. Try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, and the faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Coming up, here's a great chance on how to win season tickets to the brand new stadium in 2020. My man, Dave Robles, is hooking you up. If you are buying or selling a house and you live in Southern California, you must hit up Dave Robles or go to DaveRobles.com. Dave is an LA native and knows the city in and out. He's an LA Rams fan. That should help. He's a really strong negotiator who understands how to get you a good deal on your home or top dollar for your current home if you're selling. He has excellent Yelp and Zillow reviews, so if you don't believe me, just go check those out. Again, check out that website, DaveRobles.com, or just call him, 213-712-4343. Again, you tell him you're from Locked On and you're going to buy or sell a house with him, he's going to get you 2020 season tickets to the Los Angeles Rams in the new stadium. If I were you, you're on that fence, go talk to the wife. Go talk to the husband. Let him know it is time to make a move. You can get season tickets as well as a great deal on your house. And call him for details. 213-712-4343. Dave Robles, the man, the myth, the Robles. Third and final segment, Locked On Rams Monday. We are back. Your boy, Bear Motter, breaking it all down, trying to keep the energy up, trying not to hate on this team too much. I know I vented a little bit. I know I come at the offensive line, come at Jared Goff, probably not enough, maybe too much. I don't know yet. We'll have to let this thing play out a little bit. Sean McVay, some of the play calling, some of the screens, some of the short yarded situations. But we're three and three. We're three and three. We win a few ball games. We get on a run. If we lost three in a row, we started out by winning three in a row. Maybe let's just flip this thing, go back to the 3-3-3 thing. Then we'll break that and get on a little winning streak. But we can turn this thing around, be right back in the mix. We still get to play Seattle and San Francisco. We get Arizona twice, even though we're only half a game up on them. You would hope that we still are a better quality football team than them and we can go and win a couple ball games there. I'm not saying we have to be perfect till the end of the season, but we kind of wasted out a few of our early losses in the season so far. The last thing we need is start getting towards that 7-9, and 9-7, those words, those Jeff Fisher-type numbers that we don't want to see. Sean McVay's never lost three games in a row as a Ram until now, so we got to break out of this. Uh, we'll talk about that throughout the week. I've got an exciting guest coming on tomorrow. Jim Fossil, father of John Fossil, ex-NFL coach, ex-Super Bowl coach, is going to come on. He's going to be talking to us, going to break down that game, uh, get a little inside perspective about him, his relationship with Bones, and obviously how all that kind of you know has come together with their NFL careers and supporting him. And, and we saw him when John Fossil became uh, head coach when Jeff Fisher was fired. 
uh, back in that Jared Goff rookie season. So we're going to talk to him about a lot of things. And uh, obviously he watched this game and uh, is going to be breaking down some of the plays, some of the bad plays, some of the good plays. And we'll get an idea from him what he thinks about this offense line. And as a head coach, how do you turn the team around after losing three straight? After having a unit like the offensive line that is a complete eyesore to the offense and really how it's affecting everybody from the run game to the passing game and much more. So we'll talk to him about all that stuff. It's going to be a great episode tomorrow. I hope that he's going to come join us a little bit more often, uh, but we'll have him on Tuesday edition tomorrow. So make sure to check that out. But I hit up Facebook after this game and I said, this is a tough one. Put a little sad emoji face, tried to find the best like, "Ah, I'm not crying, but I want to cry. Uh, That's what I was trying to express if you saw it. Uh, Regular Mondays are the worst. Any thoughts, comments, or concerns? And I put, I'm sure there are plenty of these as far as the concerns go. You want to share before I record tonight. Randy Robinson hit me up and he says, Is it me? Or does it just seem like everything around Goff has to be perfect for him to be successful? And really, I mean, it's a tough one for me to answer because I think if he starts to get some more protection... Uh, yes, he will start to improve. And there have been plays where he has had protection. And, you know, I'll talk about that Everett throw over and over again because I feel like if I'm in the game, and yes, I don't have to go through reads and stuff, but they say, hey, drop back, and you just got to loop one uh, 35, 40 yards down the sideline. Oh, who am I kidding? I probably suck. I might not get it there. But if I'm a professional athlete and I'm getting paid $110 million guarantee, you got to make that throw. Uh, just get it out there. Get it on target. But it does kind of look like that a little bit, that things need to be right for him because he doesn't have confidence in the O-line, doesn't have confidence in the run game. We're giving kind of weird screens and different type of calls on fourth down and, and short yardage situation that you know kind of have us all scratching our head a little bit. So I think he's just not very confident right now. We got to get his confidence back. Once we start to get him protected, he starts throwing the ball a little bit better. I know I mentioned he had 900 yards, but still a lot of that seemed to be you know, panic, we're down, we're trying to just throw, 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 throw. So once we kind of have an identity here, and I know we're going to be sick of hearing me say that, but right now it's kind of like it almost seems a little backyard uh, football-ish. Just kind of go out there and, you know, well, uh, this uh, first couple, you know, possessions, we're going to run the ball. Then we're going to throw the ball. Then we're going to have you run for your life a little bit. There just doesn't seem to be a consistency or an understanding of what we're trying to do offensively from the first quarter to the fourth. So uh, for him, I think it's throwing him off. Yes, he's got to play better, especially after getting those big bucks. But I don't think it needs to be perfect for him to be successful. I think he just needs to get a little bit more into rhythm. And he hasn't been in a rhythm, especially in that game on Sunday. Abel Gonzalez, nothing worse than losing to San Francisco. I agree. Maybe Seattle, probably second worst, maybe. Probably the Saints, to be honest. He goes on to say, RO line, got young kids playing against grown-ass beasts. No QB can survive that, and it's not good for the run game either. Exactly what I was just saying. Having these guys up front, getting this real-life action against a defensive front like the 49ers, that proved right away. I mean, four sacks against Jared Goff isn't the worst, uh, but the pressure that he saw and, and the way that he reacted to that obviously had an impact on the game same impact goes for the running game we got into it early we went away from it a little bit later another one here for the o-line Juan says we need to address the o-line the poor o-line play affected the run game and jared's terrible play when pressured totally agree ryan sloan says the play calling was rough too many screens too many straightaway dives some plays on back-to-back downs I am giving Coach somewhat of a pass because of how poorly our O-line is playing. Very little to blame should go to Goff. 
When he has time, he's been good. I disagree with that a little bit. I think that he's been okay when he's had time. I still think he's panicking a little back there. He's still missing some open throws. Uh, what we saw from him in the last year, there's definitely a regression here as far as when he has time. He was a lot better last year than he is this year. I still think he's a viable option moving forward that he can get this done, uh, but he's got to improve. But yes, that that O-line, some of the play calling, especially as you mentioned on back-to-back plays where it's like, yep, we just saw that. But it's funny, everything comes back to the O-line. Juan jumped in and said, hey, do we need to consider hiring an offensive coordinator? I saw this on Twitter as well. People saying, hey, we got to fire McVay and we need a new offensive coordinator. I don't know if we need to go that early. I even saw Bench Goff. We're not there yet either. You don't give a guy $110 million. I don't care how bad he's playing. You got to support your franchise quarterback. We are six weeks through this football season. We're three and three. We're in a slump. Our arrow's pointing down, but you're not benching your quarterback yet. You're not firing your head coach. You're not taking the play calling away from him. Maybe at some point, that's something that he wants to do, that he's got someone that he can trust to say, hey, look, I've got to have better involvement uh, over this whole team. I've got to be a little bit more hands-on with the defense. I got to be a little bit more hands-on with the offensive line. You take the play calling. I could see that happening later in the season, even later in Sean McVay's career. But right now, I don't think I'm there yet. Uh, It's something that will be discussed. And as we get further into the season, if it goes away from this, I think it's something that McVay is going to be the first one to tell you. If he thinks that he's hurting the ball club by calling the plays, then he'll take that play sheet out of his own hands. But don't think we're there yet. I think that's a little overreaction so far, but we'll see how this plays out. Ryan also Henderson fumbled, but showed a spark and in my mind earned some more carries. I agree with that. I think we saw some of his flash. I'm curious to see, one, how quick Todd Gurley comes back. If this is like a one week resting and his quad's going to feel better, he's going to come back. And how does that really, you know, work as far as carries? We only had 22 carries and a couple of those were wide receivers. So where does those carries go? We want to see them intake a little bit. Uh, But how much does Gurley get? What does Brown get? Because he was very productive in the limited time he had. And same with Henderson. So they've got an interesting case moving forward on, one, we don't have an identity. It's tough to run and throw the ball in the same game. How are we going to handle this? We'll have to see. But Henderson, I agree. Although that fumble uh, was rough, I think other than that, he had a really good uh, game and an interesting game as far as what can this guy do for us? Drew Motter, a.k.a. Mr. Brother, chimes in. Time to make a godfather offer for Trent Williams. That O-line needs help bad. Based on how San Francisco and Seattle are looking, it's an uphill battle for the Rams. Time to make a splash, or this thing could get out of hand quickly. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. We have got to make a move. We've got to add a piece. I, I saw some people kind of talking on Twitter, and I have to go back to see who it was when in this conversation, but basically said, Do we want to give up a first-round pick? Should we try to hold on to that and build and try to add more pieces because we just think this season is over? I don't think this season is over. We're 3-3. and I think we still have a lot of pieces from that Super Bowl run. I think we are missing a few pieces on the offensive line. So whether that's go out, get Trent Williams, as uh, my brother mentioned there, we mentioned earlier in the podcast, or adding a couple other guys that may be available that we don't know of right now. I think two pieces would be nice, but one big piece like Trent Williams is much needed. The trade deadline is right around the corner at the end of the month. We will see what the Rams and Les Need are up to, but man, adding offensive line play, if we can add some protection there, we can get this offense back onto track, get back into clicking. A flow, a rhythm is what we are needing. Uh, I think in addition to the O-line is much needed, and we'll see if the Rams think the same as us, and that's something that they go look to add. All right, I'm going to wrap this thing up because uh, I just checked. I know I took a lot of breaks here, and I'll edit this thing down, but I am way over my 30 minutes. I a little bit ranting, a little bit rolling. 
Uh, we'll see where this thing ends up. But for now, I've got to end it on game balls and play action balls. We'll start with the game ball because this one's just tough to give out. But it's going to go to the defense, and it's going to go to our leading tackler, Corey Littleton. 14 tackles, 9 solo. He had that fumble recovery late in the game, which then he pitched to NRC, who went up the sidelines. A crazy play, uh, but it was fun to watch. Corey Littleton was all over the field. Uh, it was tough because he did have another ball that went right into his hands, almost right into the pocket, like he was already ready to run for a touchdown. Uh, I think he was so excited thinking about his touchdown celebration that he dropped the football. It was late in the game. It was fourth quarter. Uh, a quick score, kind of going back to that Tampa Bay game when Marcus Peters returned that interception and all of a sudden rebirthed life into the game. That was the moment for Corey Littleton. It dropped, but overall, uh, the man was all over the field. He had a great game, in my opinion, and really, it's tough to pick a game ball out of this because offensively, you just got to throw that whole tape out. You got to throw that whole offensive unit out. No one deserves a game ball over there. Coaching staff don't really feel good about it either. So, uh, Corey Littleton, my man, you got a turnover. You have a fun little pitch. You almost had that pick, which I would assume he would have returned to the house. We got to get a little more focus on that. 14 tackles, 9 solo. Corey Littleton, game ball, my friend. Play action ball. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry for the guys that are defending Jared Goff. You are the quarterback. You are a captain. You are 13 of 24. You have a QBR of 1.1. 78 yards. 48 yards total. You looked uncomfortable the whole game. I don't care if it's the offensive line or not. You got to take some ownership. You got to grab some of those guys by the face mask. You got to pull Andrew Whitworth aside. You got to figure it out. You got to work with coach. Help him with game planning. If he can't figure it out, you guys got to do something to get this offense. I need the Jared Goff that came to the podium and said at the end of his rookie season, we will get better. I promise you that. I need that speech tomorrow to kind of hype me up and get me ready back and get that unit back and playing well the way that we know that they can when we get some protection. So Jared Goff, uh, it's a play action ball, man, until I see you be the $110 million quarterback that I know that you can be. And then uh, uh, play action ball number two, Sean McVay, same thing. Show me, don't tell me. We're figuring out what we got to figure it out quickly, whether that's make a move, add a player, stick to a game plan. I just still feel like there's no identity for this team. It looked like it was going to be running the football early in this game. It kind of went away from that. Short yardage situations, timeouts, challenges, nothing seemed to really kind of go in our way as far as how this coaching was going. Until we see some of these things fixed, the Coach McVay-isms are cute. I love them. I eat them up. I play them at the beginning of my podcast. I want to believe everything you're saying, but show me, don't tell me. We need some proof. We need some action out of these guys. We need to get back in the win column, but thankfully we got the Atlanta Falcons up. They are struggling. They are probably a loss or two away. Maybe one loss at home from the Rams. A struggling Rams might get Dan Quinn fired. Who knows? This is a perfect game for us. It's on the road, away from the Coliseum. The crowd was very pro San Francisco 49ers. We didn't get talked about that too much today. I'll talk about that tomorrow as we have Jim Fossil on the show with us. I'm excited to have him on. Make sure to tune in for that show. If you have any questions for Jim, shoot them to me. I'm recording early, so if you hear this, you want a question, shoot it out right away. I'm talking to him tomorrow morning. Uh, we're going to have a great conversation. Tune in for that. I appreciate you guys listening. Guys, keep your heads up, man. Rage this one out, right? That's why we got some Limp biscuit. I just want to break some stuff. Let it go today. Rebuild. Get behind this team because we're 3-3. Three and three. We're still chasing in the NFC. We've got an opportunity to find our way into the playoffs. You get into the playoffs, man. Just be the hottest team. Put this thing together. We've been there. We know how to get it done. Offensive line play. 
Looking at you boys. Let's step it up. But with that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace. So come and get it. It's all about-